0: Stand and fight. Stand and fight. Studies say that oftentimes when adrenaline runs, there's three things. You either flee, fight, you know, or, or run. You know, you have the thing. You fear, fight, or flee. What's going to happen when you, are you going to fight? You're going to be fearful or you're going to flee? Think about our history, our heritage. Why are we here now? 'Cause somebody stood and fight. Think about why we have the rights now, because somebody stood and fight. They sang the old Negro spiritual it was a negro spiritual then saying, I shall, I shall not be moved, just like a tree planted by the water. I shall not be moved. And then came civil rights movement. They would change the verb is verb is a word and say, We shall, we shall not. Be moved. We shall, we shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the river, we shall not be moved. We, you can see in the time in the Negro spirits, the time of history, that they would understand what it meant to stand. Uh, we shall overcome. That's a time of standing. So I'm not giving up. I'm not turning back. I'm going to stand. I'm going to press on. I'm going to keep my ground stand and fight. The problem is sometimes we stand and fight for the wrong reasons. I know many times in school I stood and fought over all kinds of stuff. Stuff that didn't matter. You closed my lock over just when I opened it so I pushed you back. Fought somebody because they knocked down my books. Fought with somebody because they took my chips off my, off my lunch tray. You know, we fought over some silly stuff. But yet when we look at history, we realize that some people fought the right battles. And because they fought the right battles, they got the good victories. And when you stand and fight the good battles and get the good victories, then you you are remembered. And sometimes we realize that there's a greater victory in standing for the right things. So we need to stand and fight. Now the problem is, what are we standing and fighting? That's why in the letter in Ephesians, he clearly says that you need to stand because you're not fighting against flesh and blood. But against powers, against wicked and evil spirits of high places, world rulers, talking about the enemy, talking about Satan, talking about the devil. He's trying to tear some stuff up. But yet he tells us to stand and fight. But he does not tell us to stand and fight. By ourselves, but yet we can stand and fight with some power. Well, let's look at what Paul is saying in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, looking at verse 10. And he's coming to the conclusion of this letter that he has sent to them. And he talks about how he's sending uh, Tychius to tell him, I'm going to. Have him give you more information about what's happening here. It's a friendly letter, and he's sending a person that they know that they recognize and say, hey, Here's some more information so you know how well I am doing. But in this letter I wanted to make it imperative that you put on. Look what it says. A final word be strong in who? Be strong in who? Be strong in who? And in his mighty power, put on God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all. You see that there? That word all? Strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore... Put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in a time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Verse 14, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body of armor of God's righteousness For for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In verse 16, in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take on the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent In your prayers for all believers everywhere. I'm going to stop right there at verse 18. But yet, you see, Paul is closing this letter, telling them, in, in a final note, Finally, my brother, in the power of God, finally, my brother, in the power of God and his might put on the whole armor of God. Basically saying, put on the whole armor. Basically saying that, prepare yourself. But when you're preparing yourself, you're putting on whose armor? God's armor. There's something about putting on that Paul is dealing with here. That when you put on something, that you are able to take on the characteristics of what you put on. Three times Paul talks about putting on some things in Ephesians, In verse 24 of the fourth chapter, it says, put on your new nature, created to be like God. God, again, referring back to God, put on your new creation. Then we see in verse 11, it says, put on the whole, the, all the armor, the whole armor of God. Then again, we see it in verse 14, saying to put on the belt of truth. When you put on some things, we can look back in the Old Testament and say that Elisha put on Elijah's mantle and received a double portion, you can see here that Jonathan saw David and put on, put on on David his robe and his sword, and they made a covenant saying, I will love you like I love myself. There's something about when you put on somebody else's things in this text that they understand here that is just not putting on just to put on, but when you put it on, it represents that you're taking on a characteristic a change. And when you put on the armor of God, you're standing in God's power and in his might. There's something about that. I, I kind of think about little David. Y'all remember little David? Little David was a little boy, uh, young, young, younger than some of those young ladies you saw here dancing. And, and he was just a shepherd boy. And he heard about this big giant cursing out all the Jews. And he decided, said, I'm going to put an end to this. Saul said, well, before you go out, put on my armor. David said, this stuff is unfamiliar to me. Took the armor off, and he went out before Goliath with nothing but his stick, (laughs) some few stones he got, and a slingshot. And he went out there, because remember that when I was a shepherd... I fought a lion and a bear, and God was able to deliver me then. Uh, I, I, I believe that same God is the same God today. Uh, I, I, I realized that back then I was able to stand my ground and protect the sheep then. Uh, I think God can even do some bigger and greater things more than just my sheep, but yet his people. And so when he came out, he says, I come in the name of the Lord It's something that when we can come and stand with God, and so in this place, Paul is reiterating how we need to put on the armor of God. Now, in some ways, some people say that the armor of God is talking about dealing with the Roman army, but I want to debate that. And so, you can look back in Isaiah, in Isaiah 59 chapter, and you can see God says He puts on a helmet of salvation, rose himself in vision. He himself talks about how he clothed himself for his people. And so I can see Saul going back and realizing that the armor that you're putting on is not some roaming armor, some armor from some mortal men, but he tells us to put on whose armor? God's armor. There's something specific about this armor. Then then even when they're putting on the armor, it's something specific about putting on the armor. And many times you may see it in the movies. In the movies when they're getting ready for warfare, in the gladiator movie, the biggest thing is them robing themselves. It's something very special and very powerful, the putting on uh, this armor. If you've seen it in Gladiator, right before he comes out, it always shows him clothing himself, getting his, his helmet, getting his sword, getting his weaponry to go out for the battlefield. Maybe you might have seen the, the recent movie of The Last Samurai. You know, before they go out, something big about they're putting on their armor. There's something about in the ancient times about specifically the time and period preparing to fight. They will put on all the armor. All the armor. But yet we are told to put on the armor of the Lord. And when we put on the armor of the Lord, we're able to finally stand in the power of his might. Do you see the order? He says, stand therefore, finally, my but stand in the power of God's might. But in order for you to stand in the power of God's might, tell your neighbor, you need to put on the armor of God. Somebody, somebody, wake somebody or tell somebody, you need to put on. The armor of God. Because when you put on the armor, then you would be able to stand in his power and in his might. Because not by your might and not by your power. God had to remind the children of Israel in Deuteronomy in the 8th chapter, 17th verse. He says, you might say to yourselves, by my power and, and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability... To produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant which he swore to you, your forefathers, as it is today. Can you see now that how many of us are worried about where your next paycheck is going to come from? Many of us are worried, will I find a job tomorrow? And you think it's by your power and by your mind? But I challenge you just to stand in the power of God and his might. And I dare you to see something change. We get too caught up thinking I got the power, feeling like you He-Man. But even He-Man caught on somebody else's fight. He said, by the power of grace school. So when I stand, I say, by the power of God, I'm going to stand. And I'm going to stand my ground. Going back to Ephesians, say, I'm going to stand my ground, not give the devil a foothold. Because when you stood your ground, you were not only on offense, but also on defense. But when you stood your ground and let your enemy know that you were ready to fight. Many times in warfare during this time frame, they would wait to see who would give up ground first. Because the one who gave up ground, then they knew we already won the war. That's why you can look back in the old time of warfare before we have the guerrilla warfare. And guerrilla warfare is when people would hide and come out of the bushes to kill you. Before they not hide, they would just march. Because that was a, song, a sign of their of their defense, a sign of their confidence in themselves, that I will stand before you face to face and fight you. And so they will stand their ground. And if they stood their ground, they will fight. That's why they will flank out and they will not go. But yet when they saw flanks moving and going, they said, oh, we got them. But yet we're here, it's, it's imperative, it's implied multiple times, right there within the text to stand. And why do we need to stand? Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See the, see the issue of this standing here, because the standing is not talking about you just physically standing, but it's talking about how you are standing how? In the power of God and in his might. And when you stand in the power of God in his might, then you and you put on the whole armor of God, then everything you have done, you in preparation. What it's saying, that everything stand, that means in all your preparation, you've done what you need to do to stand so that you will be able. So that you will. Be able. Do you understand that? It's not a doubt. It's not that will this armor hold up, but his armor is able to hold up so that you will be able to stand in times of evil. That you will be able to stand in the power of, of God's might against the powers and the principalities. Against the enemy. Devil has to flee. We seen that song Tell Me Who Can Stand Before Me. But sometimes somebody can stand before you. Well, you're not standing in the power of God and His might. We need to stand in the power of God and His might. Putting on the whole armor of God. Not putting on what Oprah said. Not putting on what your accountant says, but putting on the whole armor of God. And look what this armor of God is made up of is the belt. Of truth, of girding yourself with the belt of truth is kind of interesting as I looked at this text and it's dealing with this word wrestle and, and it says, put therefore, put on the belt. And how many of you seen sumo wrestlers? And a sumo wrestler have nothing on but a belt. And the belt is used to take advantage of the wrestler that they will grab somebody's belt in order to wrestle with them so they can throw them off but yet he's showing us that when you gird your belt with truth you're not going to wrestle against some flesh and blood but against powers and principalities. Power. I'm not talking to somebody here they're looking to wrestle with you but you're not wrestling flesh and blood but powers and principal power. but when you put on the belt of truth you gird yourself for quite an advantage that you are standing in covenant relationship with God and when you stand with God you You can surely say, I shall not, I shall not be moved. And not only do you put on the belt of truth, but the breastplate of righteousness, you're guarding yourself, you're protecting, you put on the helmet of salvation, and you put these things on. But then it goes on and says, Then take up the shield of faith. Now I want to spend some time on the shield of faith. Because it says the shield of faith is able to quench. Fiery darts. The, sh- the shield of faith is able to quench fiery darts. And it was talking about how they would understand that the shield he's talking about is not the little s- small circle shield, but a big shield, almost like a door that's made out of leather with metal trim, and they would dip it in water in order for it to dis- distinguish the fiery darts. And basically what it's saying here, that our shield that we have is covered. <laughs> that is able to withstand whatever the enemy wants to throw at us. And so when you take up the shield, not only do you take up the shield, but it says also to take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And now, oftentimes, we think of the word as an offensive weapon, the sword as an offensive weapon, but it's more of a defensive weapon. How did Jesus defend against the enemy? But by the word of God. So when you pick up that soul, you have a weapon that the enemy cannot stand against. Uh, the enemy can come against you against what the world says. The enemy can come against you what Oprah says. The world can come against you against what Dr. Fields says. Uh, they sometimes have some good counsel. They sometimes have some good advice. But nobody beats the wisdom of the Word of God. And so when you pick up the Word of God, it's amazing how you use the Word in your marriage. And your marriage changed. Imagine I'm picking the word up and talking to your child. And now your child changes. Imagine how you can speak the word to your boss. And your boss changed. Imagine how when you read the word yourself. And your heart changed. It's amazing how the word of God is able to help you defend off the enemy. The enemy's trying to defeat us. The enemy's the father of lies. But you already put on the belt of truth. And Jesus says, I am. The way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says, I am the Word. Uh, the Logos, the Word. The Word became flesh. The Word is the Son of God. Jesus, the Word, when we have the message, and when it talks about the, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, in the Greek use the word, the rhema, when they use the word rhema, it's the totality of the message of God. And so it's not just saying that's just the Bible, your scripture, but it's saying the word of God. Every single word is true, that his word is powerful. So that means sometimes it may not come from the scripture, but God might speak through the Holy Spirit. And so I got a word for you to say that the enemy cannot get you. That went over somebody's head. You can, we study in the Bible study in Acts and how the Holy Spirit told Paul. <laughs> Don't worry. (laughs) They will not rise up against you. Stay in Corinth. Stay in there. Sometimes you realize that you may not have to read it from somebody, but God will just speak to you. That's His Word. Am I talking to somebody here? We serve an audible God. He's not a dead God. God can still speak. Am I talking to somebody here? Our God is a living God. Is, is your God? Tell, ask somebody, is your God alive? Yes, my God's alive. How do I know He's alive in me and He talks to me? And that's why I know I can stand on His Word. So don't walk around like you defeated. God's word is powerful. Sharpening a two-edged sword. Able to separate the spirit from the flesh. Bone from marrow. God's word. And sometimes you might not have your Bible with you, but when you have his word in your heart, you're able to recite it then. How you can say the Lord's Prayer at our times. And I'm saying that at our times because yes, we say it in formal times, but sometimes when you don't know what else to say, you can say, Lord, our Father, hallowed be Thy name." You can stop right there and say, Lord, yes, you are holy. Yes, you are worthy to be praised. You can realize that sometimes that you may not know every verse in the Bible, but there's one verse you might know. Quote that verse in that time of trouble. And I dare you to see how the power of God in His mind might not just show up. Because when you stand, In his power and his mind, you're able to fight. Because why? God has empowered you. He has enabled you with what he has given you. And we see here that we have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible tells us, we see it in the letter, uh, in Ephesians what? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit, which you have been sealed with until the day of redemption. Uh, in, in the early, in the first chapter, it says that God himself has sealed you with the Holy Spirit. What am I trying to say? All I'm trying to tell you that God has given you power that you can stand and fight. No longer walk around with a defeated head. Stand and fight. I know times are going to get rough, but stand and fight. I know you might lose your job tomorrow, but stand and fight. I know your wife might want to leave you, but stand and fight. I know your children might be acting like they're out of their mind, but stand and fight. Because it's not by your might, it's not by your power, but in God's might, in God's power, stand and fight and all the while you're standing pray oftentimes you might hear people teach this lesson and share this lesson leave out the part of prayer but prayer is is important weaponry we have think about it sometimes you have a friend that's in another state or in another country you can't get there, but prayer can. You want to send them some money, but you're out of money, but prayer can open up some doors. Uh, I believe our word tells our God so I can open up the windows of heaven and pull you out a blessing you won't have room for. I believe our Bible tells our God could do above and beyond what we can ask or think. That's some kind of power I want to be a part of. And a way to tap into that power was pray at all times, persevering at all times, being watchful, being sober, being alert, not only for yourself, but also for us. Does not the text say that? Pray for each other. Pray for yourself at all times. Being alert. All the while you're standing, your communion, your communion with God. We should pray in such a way that perfect communion with God and, and be united in his power. Because when we're united in God, then we're talking to him. He's talking to us. We're, we're understanding how we have the breastplate uh, of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. Have our feet ready to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ, having ourselves girded with the belt of truth. We are ready to say, Lord, I am standing in the power of your might. I am communing to you, but not only for my soul, because I'm standing in my rank, but I'm also concerned about who's standing next to me. Because you understand when you give ground, you weaken the team. Then when you give ground, it gives way for the enemy to sneak on in. That's what the enemy is looking at. He's looking on for you to get weak. He's looking at for a husband to get weak so he can get that wife. Looking at wife to get weak so he can get that husband. Looking at that child to get weak to get that mom or get that dad. That's what the enemy does. Goes after the weak link. Think about how, you know, uh, I say I call it the convenient criminals. You know, you can lock up your house all you want. But if those who want to get it, they will break in. But though when you don't leave it locked, they, those easy ones, they just say, Oh, free free pickings. Cause that's how I got ride, right. I left my garage door up. Somebody just came on in, just took everything out of my car. And 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 it was just easy for him, because wow, there was nothing to fight against. It's said, hey, it's open. We just gonna take. The enemy's looking for an open place. He's looking for you to lay down and say, I will not stand, I'm gonna give up. And he's gonna walk right on in and destroy whatever he can. But when you stand in God's power. And in his might, you already have him defeated. <laughs> because it already, does not the test say you'll be able to stand against, against times of evil, against his wicked schemes. You'll be able to. And so while you're standing in God's almighty power, you won't be just like a tree planted by the river, but you'll be like a house Planted on the rock, the solid rock. You won't be just like a tree planted by the river, but you'll be able to stand on God's holy word. You'll be like an uh, anchor, anchored in His gu- in God. You'll be like uh, uh, even while you're in the middle of the storm, you can stand knowing that my God can say, peace be still. You can stand while you are looking at the armies coming against you, but you can stand knowing my God can make me walk on dry land apart the red sea. You can stand no matter who's coming against you, knowing that greater is he that's with me than he that is in the world. You can stand while you're down in a ditch, feeling like every They's falling on you, looking like armies are camped around you. But I remember Elijah said, Lord, open up their eyes so they can see there's more with us than theirs that against us. You can stand in the power of God and His might. I want you to really grab what it means of the spiritual warfare we're going on to. It's not against flesh and blood. As much as people don't like it, that's alright. The enemy hates you. and He wants to destroy you and kill you. Some people, they they like it, but they just don't want to give you anything. The enemy, he don't don't like it. He don't want to give you anything. He want to kill you. So be aware of the schemes of the enemy. And how can you be aware of the schemes of the enemy? By putting on the whole armor of God. And standing, God, in the power of his might. Stand and fight. And when you can stand and fight because you have the whole armor of God, And when you can stand and fight because you have the whole armor of God, you're standing in the power of his might, you can truly say, I shall, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the water. I shall, I shall not be moved. Stand and fight. Stand and fight. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. I want to pray this prayer. Whatever you're fighting in your life, some of you're fighting depression, some of you're fighting financial issues, some of you're fighting to keep a marriage together, some of you're fighting to keep your children sane, some of you're fighting is to keep yourself sane because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Surrender right now to God. Just surrender right now to God. Just say, Lord, I surrender all to you. Just go ahead and say, Lord, I surrender all to you. Humble yourself before him and just trust him better than you trust yourself. Because it's not by your might. It's not by your power. But stand in his power and in his might, putting on the whole armor of God. Surrender right now. Father, Lord, we surrender to you right now. And, Lord, we are putting on your armor. We're standing, Lord, in your power and in your might. And we thank you, Father, with your power that we have through the gift of your Holy Spirit. That the enemy cannot defeat us because we he has already been defeated. That, Lord, greater is you that is in us than he that is in the world. That, Lord, we know that you have called us and, and, and according to your good purpose, Father, you will see us through. Lord, we understand that life is not easy. That times get rough, times get hard. But, Lord, we're going to stand in you. Trusting you all the way to the end. Lord, let your will be done in our lives. Still every head bowed, every eyes closed. There's someone here who does not know Jesus as a Lord and Savior. We want to lead you in this prayer. We want to lead you in this prayer. Just repeat after me saying, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and that God rose you again from the grave. On the third day, and you defeated death. And Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. Since you have died for me, now I will live for you. And let your life lead me and guide me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Maybe stand as you extend our hands of discipleship. Somewhere here. To-